Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. Unfortunately, our versions of Mario and Luigi, Jerry and Theo, found out the princess is in another castle and went off to save her, so they're not with us tonight. However, I am joined tonight by our D20 rolling version of Cocktails and Dreams, Jason Bolidio. How you doing tonight, Jay? How's it going? It's doing going, man. It's you know, pretty re- good. <laughs> I'm recovered a little bit from, from last week. Ah, oh, dude. My legs, man. Like that Friday morning, just I did not want to get out of bed. My legs were hurting. Dude, we looked at how many, what our step count was, and we averaged five and a half miles per day. And I, I hate to say that it's like, oh man, it's a that's a big number. It's not really, but we're just in this confined space of maybe what, like half a square mile, like. Yeah, I mean it's not that big, but it's just amount of walking and yeah. and everything that we did. Waiting, but uh, waiting in lines is the hard one. We had a we had a great trip. Um, we got all our pictures uploaded um, to the website, so everyone can go take a look at that. Jerry is working on the video uh, from the show floor, so we'll have that hopefully posted this week. Um, We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It is. It is. It's, it is Jerry. It you know, is. It's, and, it's. Well, it's the summertime, and uh, his catering business is usually booming right now with graduations and yep. all that goodness. Yeah, we also uh, also had a nice little uh, switch fix waiting for me when I got home. Ooh, was how was it? Great. I love this thing, and uh, you know the fact that Austin uh, from Get Switch Fix dot com was able to put crashing game night right in the back of it was fantastic oh um, shout out so, shout out to austin man yeah austin uh it was great hanging out with him at e3 um we did get a review article out as well as a unboxing video for the switch fix um so everybody can go over to uh our youtube channel to see the video uh look up crashing game night it's right there it's the last post that we have uh, we also have the, the article right there on our website, right there next to your uh, review article for Monopoly for Millennials, uh, <laughs> which that made me laugh and I actually want to play it now. Um, it's, it's one of the things that is like, you know, you look in a board game, this one, it's really, really dumbed down Monopoly. And it doesn't, you don't need to trade if you don't want to. You know, like you can play the game not trading anything and the game will still run roughly an hour. I like the concept that if you can't afford it, it just basically nothing happens. Yeah. So you just, you know, that's it. It's a, it's a waste. And the biggest thing is that, yeah, you would both benefit if you can't afford it. Both of you benefit. If not, then you're just like, well, as a true millennial, just going to have to uh, either put on the credit card and accumulate it for debt later or uh, just say, nope. Now, have you done Monopoly Gamer and Monopoly Gamer Mario Kart Edition? No, not yet. Uh, I mean, there's so many Monopoly versions. Oh, I know. These are it's... these are great because it literally it's ten turns around the board. That's all it oh, is. Oh, so it's like 10, Mario Party. Kind of, sort of. So basically, Mario Gamer is like Mario Party as a Monopoly game. Huh. And then um, the Mario Kart Edition is just basically it's all Mario Kart related stuff. So you're going around the board. When you pass go, you flip over a boss card, essentially. You do the boss fight, and then you keep on going. So regardless if the properties are all been bought or not, it basically, once 10, uh, 10 passes of go happen, game's over. Wow. 
So you can do it in about 45 minutes. Um, oh, nice. yeah. However, um, just like Mario Kart, it could end friendships because it can get ruthless. Oh. <laughs> um, so but, uh, to those to those who haven't seen my article yet, uh, if you just glance over all of it for you guys out there, the uh, the one liner at the end that I usually have is uh, say it dedicated. now, say dedicated. It. So to Jerry right now. So, uh, so far I am, uh, undefeated E3 champion for a little over a week and a half now, almost. So anytime, Jerry, anytime, <laughs> Jerry, you know where I'm at, you know how to find me, crashinggamenight.com. That's how you find me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what though? And I, I will say this, I, I was, I was mediator. I was your arbiter, um, offered up some some advice there for you. And honestly, I think that if Jerry had taken the deal that I had originally proposed, that would have cured the impasse. I think he might've actually been able to pull that off. But that being said, he rejected the deal. You went on and took care of business. Yeah. I mean, it was, I would have taken the deal right then and there, but it was just the placement of where I was at the board, where Jerry was. It was strategic. It was a very fair deal though. It was gonna make out. He was was gonna make out, but uh, he was just stubborn and didn't want to go with it. So, yeah. Looking back to the comments, though, I did see them. uh, Yeah, see, everyone agreed. Jerry has a uh, had a way better deal in that transaction. Exactly. So So we did see some of those uh, comments while we were at three E three standing in line waiting for some things going on. So. So let's let's get into the news um, this week. So it hasn't been a huge, huge gaming news week, which is to be expected because it is E3, right? It just everybody. Yeah, everybody does it. But um, it was announced this week that uh, Amazon laid off uh, several dozen of their devs and canceled several unannounced game projects. Um. Hmm. So I'm not sure how this bodes for Amazon's new streaming service, because I know Stadia came out. They dropped the bomb, you know, a couple of weeks ago that, hey, here's what it's going to be. Here's our pricing. And then even more so leading into E3, they said, hey, we're also going to allow publishers to start a subscription service as well. So I'm not sure how much I like that piece, because, you know, you're paying for Stadia. Then you got to pay for a subscription on top of that. Um, I mean, it, we all do it though. You know, Xbox does it. You buy the system, you get Xbox Live. PlayStation does it. You get the system, mm-hmm. then you get PS Plus. Nintendo well, yeah. doesn't really, but you know, it has all the well, DLCs where you they've really got online. They have an well, online program. <laughs> yeah, it's but not, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think what I what this more so is, it says is you're gonna you're gonna spend like ten bucks a month to access all of the game library from Stadia, right? Mm-hmm. But these studios can wall themselves off behind their own subscription model that you're going to say have to spend another like five, ten bucks on top of to play all the game, their games. <clears throat> so I think it, it could end up nickel and diming you and to the point where it's going to be like a, a cable service where you're paying for all your extra channels. Mm. But um, I feel I feel for those employees, though. I mean, especially in this day and time, yeah. you know, there are. There are tons of studios out there that are hiring for positions and stuff, so I hope that they quickly land on their feet. Um, and in other news too is, and this is kind of funny that we're I'm seeing this news this week, especially after we saw all the people reporting for Mixer while we were at E3. I mean, heck, they were even um, they were, they were 
all outside the Microsoft booth, just yeah, and everywhere hanging out. And there was even someone reporting for Mixer that was interviewing Austin on the Switch Fix right there on the show floor by Nintendo. But um, they lay off a whole bunch of employees from their Mixer side, and a lot of these guys were responsible for game content, as far as like type of shows and and whatnot. So um, it's really sad to see this news right after E3. Um, you know, I think. If Microsoft really wants Mixer to compete with YouTube and with Twitch, I think original content was probably a better way for them to go. So they may be bringing on new stream, you know, new new content creators or be proven content creators and streamers. Um, it's just sad to see people losing their jobs. You know? Yeah, I, I, I like I'm not I don't know that much about Mixer, but uh, one of the biggest things though is you know. They might be just downsizing to bring on like a major player, you know, like just correct. And if they do that, it's there is a possibility of just, you know, letting that person do his thing, her thing and finding out, okay, this is working or this is not working. And then you have like a little bit more Mm of a, a like a more close eye to see if this is going to work or not, because, yeah. You have juggernauts, YouTube, Facebook, even, um, what else, Twitch. Like, yeah, yeah, You have all these streaming platforms for games, and you just need to say, hey, I'm going to throw mine now after how long? Yeah, so I, I hope they land on a fee. As far as for those ones that are laid off from Mixer, they're out of um, Redmond up in Washington. So I do know I've seen quite a few postings for Nintendo, so hopefully they can kind of just migrate over to the uh, – house of mario um find some good stuff out of there because they're you know nintendo's growing and you know with that we we spent you know some of us we spent a a decent little time over at nintendo while we're at e3 um but it was it was talked about that animal crossing was announced during the nintendo direct that it was being postponed until march of 2020 um now at that time, we were all like, well, they were originally supposed to be coming out fiscal year 2019, which I will say this March should land still in the fiscal year for Nintendo for 2019. But uh, the reason it was delayed came out in an interview with new head of Nintendo of America, uh, Doug Bowser. And it was because the game just wasn't ready, you know, and because they believe in a work-life balance for their employees and they really don't like crunch that's why they decided to postpone it you know in a march so i mean we're looking they delayed it possibly probably another you know six to nine months give or take from when they're originally looking at scheduling it so um i gotta applaud nintendo for doing that um you know it from your perspective jay i mean do you ever hear about crunch from your your boys that are with Atlas and and Square, where they're always constantly having to work a ton of hours to get something ready? Um, the ones that I know, most of them are in QA or they're in uh, they're in the um, like what's that like the promotionals, but not really. Oh yeah, marketing and all like that. Marketing, yeah. but not really, like they do side marketing. Mm-hmm. Um. They don't really have, like, they have crunch times, they have deadlines, but to them, it is, they do feel that rep- repetition. Because as a QA, you are supposed to go through the game, let's say, like, 10 times, find out all mm-hmm. the bugs, etc. 
You know, it's a very repetitive process. And just depending on which company you work for, yeah, good on Nintendo for giving them, hey, you know what, work work is great. This this will be here, but you know, spend time with the family. And nowadays, where mm-hmm. it's everyone's just stressing out a lot over a lot of little things, and everything, everybody wants everything quick. You know, just step back a second. You know, hell, the King, the Kingdom Hearts people uh, waited how long? Final Thirteen Fantasy years. Seven, seven uh, Final Fantasy Seven people waited how long? You know, it it'll yeah. be there. Just produce a great product. Don't give me Anthem. Don't give me Fallout 76. Give me, <laughs> give me something where I can just replay over and over. Give me a Red Dead 2 where literally my wife has put maybe like 300 hours in. You oh, know, she just, pulling a Jerry with that? Oh, she is beyond Jerry right now. But Ooh. like, but she she enjoys it. She has fun. There's no stopping to saying, hey, like Rockstar put out the game. I mean, Red Dead 1 came out on PS3, and now it's on PS4 now with Red Dead 2. I mean, that's a whole literal system jump. Yeah. So, now speaking of systems and stuff, um, because we've talked about that you you guys are thinking about potentially getting a Switch. Um, Pictures have leaked online of a Switch Mini, uh, because there is this game company... Uh, that is supposedly making accessories for it, like a hard shell and everything. Um, if these pictures end up being true, it's going to look like a hybrid kind of like Vita switch system where the Joy-Cons cannot be detached. It is a unibody, um, which I'm assuming hopefully it means it's going to be a lower price. Um, so, so it's going to be like a Wii U? I don't think it's going to be a Wii U because you're going to be able to just take it wherever. I think it's going to be more like a DS killer. Um, cause we know the 3ds is on its last legs, right? Okay. And you've got to have something for the kids. Well, so the I could, handheld. The handheld. Yeah. So I think the switch mini is going to probably do that. And I'd be curious how it's going to live up to the switch name. Are they going to still go with a dock for it? Like albeit a smaller dock, or are they going to go with like a dongle for it where you can charge for it? But now with you guys looking at possibly getting a switch, right? And you you see these pictures, you know, we're looking at these pictures getting leaked for the mini right now. We've got the rumor of a switch pro probably not until, you know, later in the year or next year. So are you going to hold off to find out if the switch mini is actually a legit thing and go with a small unit? or Are you guys going to just go with the standard switch that we all have right now? So you guys can have the detachable joy cons. Um, if it's between those two options, I would. We probably would want to get like the Nintendo Switch Pro uh, mm-hmm. with the detachable Joy Cons. It's if it's going to be a glorified 3DS or like a glorified Game Boy, you know, one the the point is you'd get to detach the Joy Cons and play two. Mm-hmm. I mean that in itself markets to like just me and her. So then that way. We literally don't have, we don't need to spend extra on getting a second controller. Correct. You know, like, uh, yes, they're tiny, but like she has small hands. Well, I can adjust. Well, I did drop the money for the pro controller. It is, it is a fantastic little oh, thing. Yeah. Each one of us have a pro controller for our switches here, you know, with my wife's system too. But that being said though, 
I was talking to a coworker of this uh, about this this week who got his his daughter a switch for graduation present, and it's like, you know, it comes if you go with the switch that is right now, it comes with everything you need. You essentially have two controllers. Like you said, with the Joy-Cons, granted, they're they're tiny, but you got the rails that can, you know, make it kind of a functioning controller. Yeah. You know, you've got the, the Joy-Con grip, which allows you to slide the Joy-Cons into the grip, use it as a controller, like a normal everyday controller, and you can you can pick it up and go. So, uh-huh. I mean, I get it why they're doing it, because the 3DS is on its last legs. You know, you, you got parents that, yeah, they'll invest 150, 200 bucks into a handheld for their kids, yeah. but they may not go 300. So I think that's probably where they're looking at that, that potential cost savings. Yeah. And, um, I, 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 the 3DS, they have their games because they have that little, the touchpad at the bottom, you know, that's yep. what kind of made the game a little bit you know you can't you couldn't have trauma center without that you couldn't couldn't, (laughs) trauma center (laughs) yeah you couldn't have brain age without you know that yeah it makes it it's it's got it's like little niche and it worked it was great it was amazing Mm -hmm. i'm sad that it's going to go down but if the nintendo mini takes its place for example Mm mm-hmm you know, you're missing out on that touch screen. You're gonna like well, have the switch one. is a the switch is a touch screen though. Oh. It does have a little bit of that touch screen to it, so says how much uh, I know about the Nintendo products. Well, you know. <laughs> but really you don't see it. I mean it's not ever used though. I yeah. mean Yeah. But 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 yeah, like like going back to it though, it's it's it, it would be a glorified Game Boy a Wii U 2.0 and I don't want to see something like that happen where it's like this is mm-hmm. the the upgraded console. Now what if it is a if your your lineup looks Switch Lite which is your or Switch Mini whatever they want to call it, right? No. Where it's no detachable Joy-Cons, it's running say it runs 2 250, right? Then you've got the the standard Switch which I have, Jerry has, Theo has um, which that runs 300 and then you have like a switch pro that has upgraded hardware to it on the inside to help games like the witcher three, which was announced where they're putting mm-hmm. everything for the witcher, which was a massive game on Xbox and PS4 and PC, you know, in terms of content size, you're putting that all into one cartridge for the switch. So, you know, things are going to be missing on that, but they come out with switch pro for say 350 ish or they drop, you know, the current switch down to 250, make the pro 300 or whatever is, would you be more apt so you guys can have the two controllers go with that switch standard or the switch pro? Yeah, uh, definitely. We would, we would definitely opt to go that route. Uh, one, I know a lot of people bring it around and when they're waiting in line, but that's when you just talk to people. <laughs> Like, right, and and I think this we, f- we console game at home because we're yeah. just laying in bed, where or we're like on the couch or wherever we're at, and we just console game a little bit. I PC game, she'll console game right behind me. You know, we just want to unwind. But when we're out and about, I don't plan on bringing this three hundred dollar piece of equipment. That one a could be dropped, broken, stolen, uh, lost, etc. And for what, like a 10-minute, oh, we're waiting in line 
for dinner for like 15 minutes. Just yeah, I like I bring it to work. Like so I can when I take my half hour at work, I'll go play, ah. which I am completely addicted to Hugh right now. <laughs> I, I blame Theo for that um, because you happen to show it to us while we're standing at E3. But but I think it is funny, though, is like the only time the switch even got broken out while we were at E3 was when you guys were playing Monopoly. Yeah, that was it. Other I than mean, that, we were the my switch did not come out even though I had it with me yeah. and even on the flight out and the flight back, I maybe played it about an hour or two each way. Yeah. So, I mean, granted, was it nice to have it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, was I just too tired to even mess with it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> way more. So, well, I mean, being tired, but like, you know, we are older, but having little kids like be distracted with it. Yeah. Good on them. But again, this is that when you have your kids, it's the time when you want to get them socializing. They want them to like enjoy. Hey, like this is what you're supposed to do at a restaurant. This is not what you're supposed to do. Or right. when we're at line, you know, See, yes, it might be boring, but you're in line for a reason. Do you know how many times I see kids at restaurants that are having an iPad or, or Android yeah. tablet out just playing with it because their parents don't want to do with it? So, yeah. um, so now one of the big announcements that we saw at E3 during the Nintendo Direct was Breath of the Wild 2 getting announced. Yes. The, the um, last. Oh, my God. That was just insane. So we already know how big Breath of the Wild 1 was. Mm-hmm. Now, the whole reason they're going to be doing a, a second one is because all of the ideas they have for add on content they decided would be better suited and do a better service to the players and the fans is just create another game because they weren't going to quite fit in with the mold that is breath of the wild one. But that tells me that, you know what they love the game and they are constantly thinking about better ways to, to do it for the gamers. Um, I'm curious to see what all they decided to come up with. Um, I'm hoping, judging by the trailer, that maybe Zelda's a playable character for a little bit at some Zelda? point. Zelda yeah, or they, Sheik? Or both? Well, come on. Anybody who's a fan <laughs> of Zelda knows Zelda is Sheik. Sheik yes. is Zelda. So, yes. But, yeah. like, you know, it's, there's, there's times when she'll have to be Zelda. There's times when she'll have to be Sheik. Yeah. We'll we'll see if the sheet com- if she comes back for it, but I'm I'm anxious for it. Now they did say that potentially the new dungeon editor from Link's Awakening might be used for it too. In Breath of the Wild too. Yes, so you can create yeah. your own shrines and stuff to go out there yeah. online and let people play with, which I think that's really cool. Um, you know, I'm already debating on getting Mario Maker two just to to play around with it, create levels with it. Mm. Um, I'm anxious to get a hold of the dungeon creator for Link's Awakening because I want to see how messed up of a dungeon I can create. <laughs> and, you know, so we'll we'll see what happens, but I'm anxious to see, you know, what they do with Breath of the Wild. Um, now, the one downside is, though, we did we did find out, you know, Metroid Prime is still looking for an artistic director to, to work at Retro. So unfortunately, that one we may not see until after the next Zelda comes out. You know, poor I mean, Matt. Let me play that small violin for you right now, dude. All they had to do is keep me happy, is give me Metroid Prime trilogy, and I would have been okay with them taking forever. Not, you know, I know. Granted, we're going to be looking four to five years now, probably, unless retro. You know, it's just retro, and they pull off what they did with Metroid Prime 
one, two, and three, and you've got a couple years between each of them. So, which well, I mean, in, in hindsight, like right now, though, Matt, think about it. Isn't it a good thing for you right now? It is, but because, we haven't seen. But we haven't seen Metroid since the Wii. Yeah, but how many? Because how many pre-orders do we have collectively? Because I have zero. So how many do I have collectively? Okay, I looked at mine. I've got eleven. Eleven. So I mean, now that doesn't include me getting Borderlands on PSN either. Yeah. So, so that's but, just everything at GameStop. That's all physical. Yeah. So. Give it to you. Got some time, man. You got some time. I know, and you know, with one of those games that you know is pre-ordered that I'm anger, uh, eagerly looking forward to is Final Fantasy VII Remake, which we got to play at E3. It is fantastic. Um, now <laughs> we were talking about this right before the podcast, and I, I got to bring this up because you know what, Square is taking such a revered property. And and trying to remake it and give us more content than we had back in 1997 when it originally came out. Yeah. So first people were complaining that they didn't like Barrett's voice, which, frankly, I don't see what the problem is because I think it fits perfectly. And yeah. and John Bentley, who we got to meet at the booth, who is the voice of Barrett, you know what? He loves the game. He loves the original game. Yeah. So he's going to take care of Barrett in the he best want, yeah. way possible. He so he wants to be that Barrett. He wants to like the, the whole Marlene scene, you know, like when we had yeah. that little trailer, you know, he's not this, this Rudy Tootie, like bad guy, like badass, where he's like, you know, he's, guns blazing. No, he's, yeah. he, he has that moment, but then he also has that moment where he's with Marlene, where he has to be not that guy. Correct. There's also, Later in the game, there's a lot of one-liners that he has where it's going to be very sarcastic, you know. So, so I just, I just think that they're tearing this game apart for just stupid reasons because it also came out that people are up in arms over over Tifa <laughs> and her her character design, so to speak. Um, it came out that with one translation of the interview um, was that they. Square Enix's ethics department said they needed to uh, restrict uh, the size of Tifa's bust, you know. And then another came out that it was like, oh, no, she just needs to have appropriate fitting clothing, which either way, why are we even talking about this? this It's like, who cares? (laughs) It's Final Fantasy VII. Jerry cares. That's who. The Jerry's (laughs) of the world. (laughs) <laughs> but i when i read i looked over it and i was like wait a second is this for real is this for real i thought it was a joke i thought somebody yeah. had seriously put out a joke it, and and that's what it was all about but it's like it is seriously that big of a deal right now and yeah, I, I don't get it there's okay so one of the things is that there's always these jokes that you know for being polygonic at 1997, it was she had a l- way larger bust than Eris. Okay. Yeah. But but that being said, like this this remake is supposed to make them a lot more realistic. Correct. Like I said, like I said in the podcast many many podcasts ago or a few podcasts ago, that we have a scene where tra- uh, Cloud is going to be cross dressing at one point in the game and 
I'm still know, waiting to find out how that goes. Right? But like I said, it's going to be more realistic. So that's what I'm wondering. Is like when we saw Cloud's face, I could see, oh yeah, he could pull it off, you know. And again, it was you had to have the perfect line for. Here's my thing. Who cares? It's really it's like enjoy the work for what they're doing. I mean, the game looks amazing. The character design looks amazing. You know, I mean. There's even been close-up pictures of Cloud's face, and you can see some of his pores. I mean, they've done so much work for this, and Square has a, a thing is that if you know either re-release or you know remake, it's like, and their policy is is if they can't make it better than the original, they're just going to do a re-release and do like a, a remaster on it, which. You know, we're not getting we're getting much a much better game with seven. And I just think we just need everybody just needs to chill. Oh, yeah. And let it go. I mean, but I think that's also probably, you know, you look at society nowadays and that's how images are portrayed. And especially that culture is you look at, you know, the soul calibers of the world, the, the the street fighters. You look at how those characters are drawn. So I can understand why people are upset about it. But, you know, when we look at square and that whole remaster versus re-release versus remake. Um, the other news we did get was FF eight is being remastered and it looks amazing um, for being a game that nobody knew where the gold masters were. <laughs> so they, this you're came out, this came out left field. So here's the thing is like, they actually asked the old director of FF eight years ago, where the gold masters were so they could actually do a remaster. And he said, I have no idea, but that's because back in the day, once they put these games onto the disc, they wiped all the computers because mm-hmm. that's just how it was because the computers just didn't have the size hard drives that they do now. So that's why anytime it's been re-released, it's always been the original like PS one classic. Mm-hmm. So I am definitely looking forward to the remaster, I will honestly, as much as I want to put it on my PS4, I will probably get it for the Switch, just so I'm able oh, to take it okay. wherever I want to. Well, and that's the thing is, is like I'm starting to look at games now. Is okay, I can get it on the PS4, I yeah. can get it on the Switch. It the there's going to be no degradation in the quality of the game, like FF9, you know, as well. So I'm. I'm just getting it on the switch so I can just take it with me. You know, I don't have to do anything. I mean, when I got rid of my Vita um, about a month and a half ago, the only two games that were left for it that I, you know, were FF eight and Chrono Trigger. Um, So now Square just needs to give me Chrono Trigger and I'll be happy. (laughs) But they're giving me eight. I didn't expect eight. And I just realized that, you know, eight is going to have to be a game. I'm just probably not going to play or just have to wait until they come out with a a re-release for it. Or Sony, you know, does agree to do backwards compatibility with the PS5 and I can just download it again. So now Uh, let's. Overall, though, with the uh, Final Fantasy VII and the Final Fantasy VIII and all the, remember, these are remakes. These are remasters. Like, yeah. they will they will go as much as one for one as they can, you know. But mm-hmm. where we're up, where we have as well as 20, 20 years ago, you know, we need to up the abilities of saying, hey, you know what, 
this is all we had to work with 20 years ago. But now, since we have so much more freedom with movement, freedom with design, we're not locked into polygons or locked into like literally like pixels micro, and everything. Mi- yeah. micro pixels and stuff now. Like having the materia, you know, being shown on his Dude, I thought that was a now. huge, that yeah. was a huge touch. That was like, oh my God, that is like the piece to resistance right there. Just like, yeah. oh man. And people are like going into super detail where it's like, oh, Eric's uh, necklace was is not the same. And it's like, wait, like, uh, really? You're going to just nitpick over that? Or like, uh, like with this one, Tifa's bus size is going to be smaller. Like, really? Like, then we're, we're making a great game. We're not making a DOA. We're making yeah. like this game where you, you're going to look at them. They're not going to be like over-sexualized. 13 wasn't sexualized. 15 oh. wasn't. It felt like it because it was a boy band, but <laughs> like, but it wasn't. Uh, like we're in the new age now of the of the full like 3D mm-hmm. super graphic. I just think it's I think if you're gonna get bent out of shape over something like that, you probably shouldn't be playing the game. You can that's, you can, you can play the game, opinion. but you just play the original then. That's it. Yeah. Like stick stick to the what you love and not have to like oh the the bombing mission, like we never had to go down like we never fought the scorpion right in front or like we fought it like a little bit down the path. And it's like get out of here. Just just let it be. Just don't nitpick the small details because the small details will kill you and you'll start going insane and you're like, why didn't Square do this? And then you're like, you're just upset for zero reason when this game is mm-hmm. going to be epically legendary. It is going to be epic. Um, and I'm okay with it being episodic. So now, that being said, let, let's let talk about your little Final Fantasy love. Oh, hey, uh, Jerry and so, Theo aren't here, so... They, Oh yeah. yes, I'm gonna we have that. never played Final Fantasy fourteen really with mm-hmm. Jerry, and then we have a kind of knockoff PC master race and Theo who decides he wants to do a controller for PC gaming. Um, I'll get it. Now that we didn't really talk about this last week when we did a wrap up, but now that you have played the new expansion. At least in a demo at E3. Yeah, the new classes for a small bit of time. How do you how do you feel about the the new expansion and where they're taking FF14 right now uh, with the new classes and everything? Um, so one of the biggest things that I was talking to a few people online that also <laughs> play, and uh, we laughed about it too, is that uh, the whole Final Fantasy community has been saying. RIP to healers only because there's going to, they lost a lot of damaging abilities. So what the meta was, was the healers would heal to a certain degree. So they don't overheal and damage the rest of the time. But yeah, I got to pour one out for all my healers out there. Cause you guys are really going to just, be healing most of the time the damage output's going to be low for you guys mm-hmm. i expect since it was only the first primal which is the 63 uh boss that or the 73 i'm sorry 73 boss that it's going to be a lot harder once the you get towards the level cap 
things do hit like pretty hard and we had the normal mode day one only like seven teams cleared and they had to give i was i was surprised at that too i mean because i can remember you guys i mean and when i say you guys i mean the whole crews that were there yeah you know last year you guys were just ripping through it Oh yeah, and and now it was like walking away from it. you guys. Were like, um, we just got there's a kicks. lot of sad faces out there. I feel there bad. was, um, but one of the biggest things was that they did have to give some buffs for day two and three, and even still, day two and three didn't have as many clears as they had anticipated. Now, go, rewinding back to it. One, there was a huge DPS check where a lot of people had to do damage in a certain amount of time. It was like a, a zero to hundred kind of mm-hmm. timer. And if you had people that knew how to play, like I had a full group of eight, myself included, that knew how to play, and we're like the first on the first day at least, we got to like 95, 95 of the one hundred, and all eight of us knew how to play. So we're kind of just like thinking, yes, they're giving all the classes their new, their like own like personality to them, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love that direction that they're going. You know, it makes it feel like if you play one of the four tanks, that tank has a specific role. Like it's not like, oh, just take the hits. It's like, hey, like there's these certain skills that. Like the warrior, for example, just Falcleave. Falcleave, which is high a high damage ability. Paladin, it's the support tank, so you have to like you can support the main tank. You know, there's all these different things. The DPS all have their own little niche where it's like do high damage but can't move as a black mage or correcting you need to do positionals, which is hit them from the side, hit them from the rear. So much more Final Fantasy fourteen that's is gonna be great once we get the ball rolling. Um and by that I mean just getting to the end game content. Well I know when I I played it for a little while when it was it first came out as just the the Realm Reborn. And I played as a Dragoon. I had I mean I had fun back then. But I kind of got lost in the fact it was too much of a grind for me. But that being said, with all the new content that's come out now, where where do you see the game in terms of approachability by new new gamers to Final Fantasy fourteen? Is it something that they're still going to be able to jump into and enjoy, especially with the new classes? Or is it something now that they're evolving it to a point where it's like World of Warcraft was getting to the point where it was just for the veterans? Um, in my opinion, it's still new player friendly. The hardest part about being new player friendly is that if, for example, if you were to start playing again and you are level 15, let's say I'm already level 70, which is the max cap there. I can still play content with you that as a level 15, You'll be gaining experience, and I can play with you. I don't. I wouldn't gain experience, but still, it's just the fact that you and I can play. Does it scale, or does it? Um, 
where you do the hit and it takes it out one shot. No, so when you go backwards, um, mm-hmm. they call it uh, item level sync. Okay. So, or I- item level sync and level sync. So, me being a seventy, if we're doing a level fifteen dungeon, I will go down to level fifteen. Oh, okay, nice. And all the gear that I have will scale appropriately. So okay. then. We're doing this content together. We still feel that we're we're like hanging out like I've done it plenty of times. Oh yeah, no problem. And I can say, hey, okay, like me personally, I've done this to a few of my friends. I tell them don't tell me anything about this fight because I wanna learn it. I wanna enjoy it. I mm-hmm. wanna see how the developers wanna throw that curveball at you. You know, they've done it plenty of times, but me just coming coming back to it. It's like I just want to see it, so I can experience it and be like, "Oh my goodness, that's so cool!" And that's the thing is the division I think is really good at that too. Is that you can still be a new player, you can still play with people that are still higher gear, but what they do is they do the opposite. So they scale your gear up to what wow. my gear is. So like right now, if Jerry and I were to go play. Um, because I'm at like I am now at a 293 gear set now. Mm-hmm. He's below that. I think he's only like a 282 or something like that. So when we go play, his gear would get slightly bumped up to mine to match up. Mm-hmm. Um, now, say for Theo though, who's only a level four, <laughs> he hasn't even hit. He hasn't even hit where we we talk about gear rating. He's still levels. Um, his gear would level would actually scale all the way up to my 295s. Wow. Right about there. So he I, can actually still go to the areas where we're playing in because uh, when we hit gear levels, we're in world tier two and or one and two. So I just popped into uh tier two. Um so actually I'm a full world tier ahead of Jerry now. Yeah. So I which but by the way, Jerry, you hear that? I am world tier two. Theo, you need to gear get level. your you need to get your but grinding again. Come on, man. Yeah, right. Um, but hey, he had, he had some stuff to take care of family wise. And honestly, this has been a week of family, you know, because um, I took time off from cards too this week to yeah. just time with the family as well. But I think that's the one thing is I think the games that do that well. So like Division, yeah. oh. right? Final Fantasy 14 is as, oh, as, balancing it to where everybody can still play together. And I, I, I like the fact that Final Fantasy goes down because as a veteran, you've done it millions of times, or yeah. you've done it like you could do it blindfolded almost. But the players that are new, they still they can't be bumped up where they they miss a whole section of the game. The whole point of every Final Fantasy, regardless of what number it is, is to know the lore, is to know the storyline, is to be feel that you are a part of that world, you know. Like, oh yeah, and that's the thing is with division though is we can still go do all of their levels that they like the missions that they missed by you know joining us. We can go back and do those with them. It's just their gear is scaled higher. That's all it is, and they'll gain experience faster to level mm-hmm. up. Um, so I think there's merits to both sides of the equation. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but but overall, think- Shadowbringers, I want it. It's almost it's ready for early access. Just within a week, so it's just about ready. Uh, that's the one I'm actually going to pick up or the day it comes out. I don't have time for the early access. I don't have a group ready, so I can't just 
go into the raid scene, the end game scene right away. I still have to find my team. Uh, shout out to shout out to my old team NBC, who are now on Hyperion. I don't know what you're under now. And shout out to my old 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 guild Blue Wind. I miss you guys. So for those that are getting ready for early access. Um, you know, like I've got several in, in my group out here that play the final fantasy trading card game. Uh, what is the, the biggest thing they can expect from the expansion? Oh, the biggest thing is the, aside from the classes, the new classes, the new class. Yes. Uh, the one biggest thing is to look out for that one NPC lockout. Um, we had it, in, we had it. Pretty much every expansion, there will be one NPC which will lag up a little bit. I think uh, Square Enix took care of that, but just in case, look out for that one. Um, also, enjoy enjoy the classes because they are most of them feel a lot more reworked. They do feel a lot more simplified, so that might annoy certain classes but also be amazing for others uh i was only able to play like six classes and when we have a rotation it's to optimize dps and with that you know you will get you have to re not relearn but you just have to get the flow a little bit all over again did you get to play the new classes at e3 Yes, I played both Dancer and Gunbreaker. Gunbreaker, again, not my thing. I'm sticking with my Paladin. The Dancer, I, it was great. Um, it's For those players, again, it's like having a balance card every 60 seconds on yourself and another player. Um, the steps do take a little bit of time, but not a long period of time for dancing. And the fans... it helps maintain the dps while you dance as well so when you want to make sure you got to get that balance of course the rotation is going to come out maybe about a week or two after for optimized dps but it's a lot of fun and you just get to dance all the time before the game the before the fight starts so makes makes a makes a fun time okay so from e3 i know you you spent quite a bit of time Right. And, All of uh, day three and <laughs> a good chunk of day one. Okay. We forewarned everybody when we were getting ready for E3, that's where you were going to be. Yeah. So you, you held up to that, but you did get to go see some other things there. So what are you most excited for? You know, outside of Final Fantasy 14. Outside of Final <laughs> Fantasy and Final Fantasy 7. You know, those yeah. two square. Uh, when I went to go check out Atlas, I was really shocked that they're having a Catherine 1.5, as the worker was saying. It's like a remodel or a remake of the first one with a second mode and uh, a new character, Rin, that's going to be weaved in and out of the story, which is, I thought, pretty cool. You know, she plays a piano, so at the, at the, uh, at the, uh, con- right before the confessional. So I want to find out what's going on with that. That one, I really piqued my interest. Um, you know, you guys are all about the cyberpunk 2077. 
Okay, hold on. Know. Jerry's Jerry's all about cyberpunk. I Shit. I think it's a cool concept. Don't get me wrong. It looks like it's a Deus Blade Runner type s game. I'm yeah. still kind of out on it. Yes, I have it pre ordered, but um, that is subject to change without notice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I it's, it, it it looks great, but I don't know. I if it's if it gears towards more like Infamous and Arkham. Maybe I might pick it up. I love those kind of sandboxy kind games. Mm-hmm. If it goes a little bit more Deus Ex or like linear-ish, I I wouldn't want to just because I I don't mind the sandbox. I love the squirreling where you pick up all the little knickknacks mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. You know, it makes the trophy hunt for the platinum a little bit more satisfying in my, in my opinion. But I just can't... I, I, I mean, yes, it's breathtaking, but yeah, is it is it is it more hype? I don't know. It is Keanu Reeves. I mean, we have Norman Reedus on one. We have Keanu on another. I mean, mm-hmm. who who else are we gonna get? Um, we've got oh John um, Bernthal. He'll be playing Cole in Ghost Recon, and yeah, I mean Beyond Two Souls. I think, but. Yeah. With Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain and even Detroit, those are all niche games, and not everybody's going to enjoy those types of yeah. narratives. Um, and I think that's why probably Beyond Two Souls didn't go over as great. I mean, yeah. Detroit was a fantastic game, and Quantic uh, Dreams did an amazing job with it. Um, it's an amazing story, too, that I think that um, it, it really rings true with what history is for not only our country but for the but for the world but to your point though it's like when it comes to new kind of mechanics the one that i wish i kind of had time to go see that i didn't was uh the new watchdog legions because yeah. you were able to take over any npc in the world and add them to your group yeah. and someone may kill that person and it's it's permadeath so once they're gone they're gone however there are repercussions and you go take over somebody else and, you know, the person who killed that one may think, oh, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm in the clear. And then here you come to kill them as one of your other your other characters in your crew. So it's got some cool concepts from what I've been hearing. It's got some positive, positive feedback and everything. So we'll see what Watch Dogs Legions is um, for me outside of Final Fantasy seven. Um, I'm actually most excited for Link's Awakening and Luigi's Mansion 3. I mean, it's <laughs> it's no secret I love Luigi's Mansion. Yes. Um, I think it was a great concept to kind of give Luigi his own game that was outside of the normal Mario formula. Yeah, he's not he, he he needs to be in the forefront. Nintendo put him in the forefront. Don't put him in Luigi. Put give him like another like give like us another, another year game. of Luigi. A year yeah. of Luigi. Give us another he's, one. So he's, the man he is the man like he he is not the sidekick you know he's he's the man you know same with toad give give toad something hey toad's got captain toad's treasure tracker which actually is a fun game i mean it can kind of be kind of easy give him another you know give him another Uh, you know all of them get mario off the the pedestal for just a couple years just get him off put Uh everybody else up you know, that way everybody else, it's more relatable, it's more fun. Hell, even give Wario another one. No more I mean, Wario kind of wears. 
I, my wife and I, we sat here playing Mario Kart all day long today. It was great. Um, and uh, I want to shout out to to her because yes, she did uh, thoroughly kick my my butt in Yo, a lot of the races. Oh, dude, she was she was running some smack too because she says she needs to get a shirt for her character that has a number two on the back of it, so she knows what place they'll be coming in every single time. Oh, yeah, Ooh, yeah. It was some it was some mad mad talk. Um, but you know what? She backs it up though. I mean, when it comes to the games that she's good at, man, she will, she will put a stomping into you and not look back. So, um, but yeah, so that being said, you know, we'll start winding things out now. So, uh, what are you going to be playing this week other than final fantasy? You guys got any board games on tap? Um, we are looking into not board game. Uh, there's the next, the next, uh, blog, I should say is uh going to be one because we're going to be hanging out with some of our friends it's mm-hmm. called the LCR Interesting. Uh, left center right and uh it's a dice game it's literally three dice and we're going to be playing with some friends tomorrow so uh be be ready for uh that one all right i played it, i played it once before and uh, like the the gameplay is super simple, the but it's it's just the hype factor. It's just who you play it with because this one mm-hmm. can be anywhere from three to twenty. It's this, and it's not one of those long drawn out like Cards Against Humanity games where you know you kind of just lose interest. This one is like mm-hmm. this one will keep you in the whole time because money's involved. So, oh lord that says well, uh i can't i can't uh can't elicit any gambling but this one does have some money involved and we like to uh spice it up right. a little bit nice i'll be uh i'll be playing a little bit of hue yeah. uh that is a you know that fantastic game which we'll have a review article for that here shortly i also did pick up cadence of hyrule which came mm-hmm. out while we were at e3 um it is Crypt of the Necromancer combined with Zelda. And honestly, I I was terrible at the rhythm piece of it. I will admit it. But it has a great accessibility thing where you can turn off the rhythm part of it. And you can just enjoy the music and enjoy the game. And it is a, it's a fantastically designed game. It is kind of like a cross between the original Zelda where you pretty much... You just have the map. You're moving from place to place, and you can die quickly. With that of, you know, link to the past and, and everything. The music's fantastic, so I'll be playing those. Um, is it kind of like? Is it kind of like the uh, Final Fantasy Rhythm Theater? You know, I never played Rhythm Theater, um, but I would imagine so because I think that was where you had to attack within rhythm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is the same way. You have to you have to move and attack within rhythm. The enemies move within a rhythm as well, so um, it's it's still fun and it's it's a pretty game too. So and it's another indie title. It's one of the first uh, indie titles that have been given access to Nintendo's properties to be able to make a game off of them. Mm. So uh, hats off to uh, Kirk Scott um, from Nintendo for kind of helping make that happen. Um, cause it is, it's a fantastic game and it was well worth the, the pickup on it. So, all right, 
So as we've started doing now, I need uh, I need Jason go Wait. ahead. First and foremost, Jerry, Theo, where you guys at? I know you guys are the single guys of the group. You know, not inviting me and Matt to the party. That's a little low blow. Yeah. That's okay. One's in San Diego and the other's off and hanging out. So, <laughs> all right. I got to ask Ready? Jay, are oh, you okay. rolling this with advantage? No. Because this, this is you're just rolling straight up. Okay. Straight, straight. You know, I'm, I'm checking. I'm checking to see if I'm going to have a good time at the... Uh, all right. At the uh, gig that I have tonight. Um, roll your uh, roll your D twenty. I might I might need to add a plus two charisma, you know, because I'm all suited up. But it's okay. I'm just 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 I've always just been rolling clean. Here Remember, we go. Here we go. I reserve the right to take the character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, as long as it's not a one, we're golden. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh let's my go. God, no. Wow. Five a five. Oh Oof. no! Do you want to do you want to spend uh, two charisma points and and reroll? Uh, oh, I don't know if I, I should. Oh yeah, I'll do. I'll do. I'll I'll spend those. Oh, spending two charisma points. Here I, we I go. Got to, I got Here's you. Here's a reroll. Oh yes. You didn't botch your roll, so oh. you're gonna have a good night. So oh, we're have a good and just like you guys have a good night as well. Yep. And I, I definitely want to say you know thank you to everybody you know for crashing game night with us tonight. Um, hopefully we will. Uh, you know, Jerry and Theo will survive Bowser and will be back with us next week. Um, we know how World 8-4 is in the original Mario Brothers to uh, where Bowser would really just totally kick your butt. Um, but if absolutely, guys, if you like what you heard, please, you know, make sure to subscribe on whatever pla- podcast platform you're uh, listening to us on, especially those that are on uh, iHeartRadio, which we just got picked up last week. Um you know, subscribe to us. That helps us out with our numbers, helps us reach more people. Um, definitely leave those comments because we do read those comments and we do yes. um, talk about them, uh, especially on the podcast. We're going to start definitely making it a point every week to mention the comments we see. Um, much like um, we had our resident Newman uh, did comment that, you know, Jerry got a good deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh also, make sure to check out our our website, CrashingGameNight.com, because we are going to start putting up more content now. Um, now that we're back from E3, our YouTube channel is going to start becoming more a little bit more active. We're going to start having reviews going out that route as well. Um, so I want to say, everyone, be excellent to each other and stay frosty. Have a good night, y'all. All right. Have a good night.